We've been talking a bit about nasty people. You said somebody you know. Brenda, a friend book? of mine has what a was book it called? called Nasty Gets You Nowhere. That's what it was. Nasty Gets You Nowhere. I love that what book. A great title. Isn't that great? She's yeah. a lovely, lovely Christian woman and had the, um, had the guts to write a book called Nasty Gets You Nowhere. It's lovely. Well, I mean, are, it's great. I'm sure are a lot of people out there who've encountered nasty people and I'm sure could benefit from whatever, -E -E whatever it's about. K-E-E-S-E-E, -E -E, during the KC, and it's Nasty Get You it's Nowhere. It's a great title. Wow. It's a great book. It's a great, it's a great saying because it's so true. Nastiness, what do you really, what do you gain from nastiness? What, being nasty to others certainly wouldn't make me feel good. I don't know if, maybe, it, maybe nasty people really do get a high from it, which I guess is a whole other problem we'd have to deal with. But normal people don't get a high or euphoric feeling from being nasty. And I know I certainly don't feel good when someone's nasty to me. I'm paraphrasing this, but there's a commentary about it by Matthew Henry on the book of Nehemiah. And it's very interesting because what it's talking about is people who can't agree on anything. They're mean, mean-spirited, arguing, argumentative. They, they're just fighters and, and just awful can agree on persecution. They come together and ban on persecution. They, they come and join the bandwagon on persecution. You know, it, it's one thing when even like our president, we, we're talking about the president of the, of the nation. So if the president falls, it has a rumbling effect, a ripple effect on the nation. And, and I listen to some of the words that are said and, and, and the way they're said, but Jordan, it's really strange. I like to listen to something more than the words that are said. I listen to the spirit behind the words that are said. Sometimes the words that are said, even though they might not be eloquent, have a loving kindness to them, have a sweetness about them. I listen to Jensen Franklin say something, and, and it wasn't like he wrote the Declaration of Independence, but what he said had such a sweet spirit behind it. Then I listened to what other people had said, and I feel such a spirit of like hate and devastation and destruction. And one even said, I hope you die from coronavirus, if I remember right. Okay, so what is the spirit behind it? And if somebody, even calling themselves a Christian, comes against you with- What do you mean some of them? calling themselves a Christian. I, I'd say 95% of the criticism I of get the in my criticism. life are from Christians. I think you need to hear what she said. My precious daughter has been, um, from the day she was born, my little father-in-law, Oral Roberts, wanted her to be um, announced on television. I had her at something like four o'clock in the morning. I went into surgery for major surgery because it was a terrible disaster afterwards. She was fine, I was not so fine. I had to have surgery, I had to have a blood transfusion, I had to have, had to have. And, uh, and from the moment that child was introduced to the world. She has had criticism. Um, your hair's not tall, uh, uh, you don't rat it up high enough. You should not rat your hair up. Your hair's too long. You should cut your hair off. She cut her hair recently. You should have never cut your hair off. Have, are you listening with your ears and with your heart? And if she wants to grow her hair or cut her hair, listen to what she's saying. Now that's me as your mother saying that. So of course my claws are gonna come out and say, this is my right. baby, she's lots to say. But instead, you're looking at, is her hair an inch too short or an inch too long? When I was in Nigeria once, um, I made a terrible mistake. Had never, at that point, had never been to Nigeria before. Been to many African nations, but had not been to Nigeria. And I wore, it was so hot out and no air conditioning in the building I was in. 
I wore what they call like capris or cutoffs, mm -hmm. and they weren't shorts, but they were like kind of like at my ankle, and I they were pants, and I wore red nail polish because your father happened to love red nail polish, so I wore pants and red nail polish. I did not know that the uh, prostitutes wore pants and nail polish red. I didn't know that. So when I got up to speak, it was like I torched a bomb. And the pastor got up and said, hold on, hold on. We realized that in her country, she's allowed to wear nail polish and pants. And it's a little bit different in our country and it means something different. But he said, I want you to listen to her, not from her nail polish and not from her pants, but from her heart because she has lots to say from her heart. Man, did I get set free at that moment. Yeah. We can criticize and put somebody in a hole from hell itself, or we can set somebody free. And when people would criticize Jordan for her hair, Jordan's really tall. I'm really not tall. And Jordan wears tall shoes on top of being tall. I could wear really high shoes and not come up to barely her elbows. Okay, so you can be criticized for being too tall, but if that's the problem, then am I too short? Is you, no, you know, it's always there. Those type of people are going to find something to criticize. If it's not one thing, it's another. And it, when it comes from you're Christians. You're never going to please everybody. You just can't. How do you feel and what do you do when you come up to somebody in church after, like, say, Korea. She's in Korea with thousands of people singing her soul out and you get a wonderful compliment. Versus coming somewhere and singing in a different place and you get put down because your hair is not long enough anymore. How do you feel and what do you do? Well, that's really the, the ultimate question. What do you do? Because you may be the critical one, and if so, that's not a good place to be. But I suspect the majority of us are the ones being criticized. And what, what do you do when you find yourself in that situation? That, that's really the question. You can, you can do a lot of things. You can snap back at people. You could say something nasty, and for a moment it might feel good. but. In the end, you're not going to feel good about saying something terrible about someone. What do you do? How do you, how do you dig your way out of it? How do you let it go? How do you forgive someone when, frankly, they don't deserve it? I mean, yeah. that's really, it's, it's, that's the question because I think half the time we don't know what to do. Perhaps one of the most criticized Christians in my lifetime was my father-in-law, Oral Roberts. If he tried to do good, it was wrong. If he didn't do it, it was wrong that he didn't do it. If he did it, if he didn't do it, if he did it too tall, if he did it too this. I read you guys a book when you were children called Too Beady, Too Bumpy, Too Leafy, Too Lumpy. Something's always wrong. And for the longest time, your grandfather, for most of his life, most of his life, took it on the chin, and it almost killed him. Literally, yeah. physically almost killed him, almost destroyed him. And the Lord allowed him to have confrontation without being a critical spirit. Now, what's the difference? A confrontation, Jesus corrects. When the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens, that means corrects. It actually means redirects. It doesn't mean he bashes them, beats them until they have no will to live anymore. It means whom the Lord loves, he redirects. Right. And your grandfather used to say, let's sit down. And he'd grab his Bible and he'd say, let's sit down. Show me that in the Bible. Now, there's a difference in using the Bible as a book of weapons to bash somebody in the head with right. or open it up as a book of correction and information to bring somebody closer to Jesus and out of that critical nature where they probably should never have gotten into in the first place. Well, that's really good advice. And it's interesting, too, at least 
me personally, I can only speak for myself, and I will say honestly, when someone's critical of me, I'm not really thinking about drawing them closer to Jesus. I'm sure I should be thinking about that. But, but in that moment, I'm not. I'm sitting there You've thinking, had many years. She's had a lot I mean, of years of this. <laughs> sure. I would love to be that person who says that's exactly what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about praying for them right now, but I'm not. Later, sure. Later, I'll think about it. But in that moment, as much as I'd love to be thinking about that, I'm not. I'm thinking about, wow, that really was harsh and that hurt me. And now I'm over-criticizing myself and I'm thinking all these other things. Well, blah, 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 and you just find yourself spiraling. I'm not thinking about drawing them closer to God. I'm not thinking about helping them. I'm thinking, how do I stop from spiraling? And that practical advice, having them, okay, they if, if you're going to do that, then show me where that came from biblically. That's, that's very useful. And Jordan, if there is biblical correction... Keep something in mind. Biblical correction is not biblical criticism. Hmm. Your grandfather used to say, of course, being from Oklahoma, he'd say, it's like a tornado. Look at the rubble. You know, growing up in what we used to call Tornado Alley, we would say, look at the rubble. When someone says something to you to correct in love and to redirect, it actually, one of the translations I read about it means that when you correct something properly, you redirect them as if to avoid a train wreck. Wow, please redirect me if I'm headed to a train sure. wreck. Yeah. But that's done, as the Bible says, in love. When you redirect and correct in love, what's the bottom line? A lovely redirection and love. Oh, that was so sweet of you to tell right. me. If somebody tells me that I have, um, I don't know, chocolate all over my face or, or I ripped a whole seam in my dress and it's embarrassing, right. that's correcting and that's redirecting me in love so that the bottom result is I ended up better than before. But where's the rubble? If the tornadic rubble is for you to walk away with hurt, pain, devastation, criticism, criticizing yourself, self-infliction where you're sitting there saying, well, I thought it was bad to begin with, but now it's just horrible. Right. And then you start a spiral of self-attack We've got enough of that for heaven's sake. Mm -hmm. The Bible talks about they'll know we're Christians by our love, by our love walk. What is a love walk? Well, it is when the walk is over, people are lifted up closer to Jesus, not feeling like the devil. And that's a very simple test. Show me in the Bible where hate, hate speech, attack, beating somebody down, beating somebody up, bruising their ego, um, making them feel less of themselves and walking away lesser and lesser is scriptural because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, yeah. I want someone to walk away. Even when I was, you know, when my kids were little, you have to discipline them. Make a dis discipline doesn't mean you beat the trash out of them. It means actually make a disciple out of by training. You train up a child. You don't beat up a child. How do you make right. a disciple? You discipline a child, make a disciple. It means make a student by training. You disciple them. You teach them. You train them. So I would tell the kids if they did something, let's go back to the very beginning and do this again. And let's do it again. Let's try this again. And sometimes we'd have to do it again and again. Richard's a golfer. And, and honestly, he was going to go pro as a, as a younger person. He's that good. And, and the thing about how he learned to be that good, they wouldn't allow him to have a mistake and they wouldn't allow him to get mad at the mistake or mad at himself. They just simply made him do it again. When you really love somebody, you correct them by a redirection and you go over and over in discipline, which means make a disciple of, which actually means to train. It's so much easier to do it the easy way and just scream your brains out 
but it's not that easy to take the time to train. So even as an adult with criticism coming against me, let's talk about the Bible. I think it's easy to misinterpret the scripture about the meek inheriting the earth. And I, I, people, a lot of people like to throw that at me too. Oh, well, you should just, you know, let it go. Well, sure, let it go in your heart because I don't want to sow those seeds of bitterness in my own heart. But does that mean that they should always be Get allowed the right to, to do, do that, that and just keep spreading that around? I don't think so. I don't think that that's right either. The meek means, you know, humble in their spirit, right? inheriting the earth. It doesn't gentle. mean gentle. It doesn't mean doesn't pushover. Mean weak. It doesn't. Jesus was no pushover. Look at him in the temple. Look at him when he hung on the cross. That was not a weak man. That was the strongest man I'll ever know in my life. But he was no pushover. Right. And you know what he used to say to the devil when the devil came at him? Devil, it is written. And go back to the Bible and say, did they have a critical spirit? And if it is, I rebuke that from wounding my spirit. Devil, take your hands off me. I will not let that in my spirit. Jordan, I'll give you one more example. Mm. I was new to television. I had a bucket beside me. Didn't want to be on television. I was the person who never talked. And so when your grandfather and your daddy wanted me to be on television, it was real simple. I put a, I called it my puke bucket next to me. I had a bottle of stuff for an upset stomach and a bucket next to me. And we'd talk and it was real sweet. And I'd say hi to the audience. And when the camera would go away, I'd vomit in the bucket because it wasn't my nature. It was so different. I was a bookworm. I was, I could spell weak, W-E-A-K and meek, W-E-M-E-E-K. But, um, but it was so hard on my nature that I was very critical of myself. And a woman came up to me. And she brought me a book, huge, thick book. And it's like television etiquette. And she said, I wrote this book. I said, oh, wow. And she said, I want to give it to you because I want to help you with television etiquette. I thought, thank you, Jesus. And she said, in yellow, I've highlighted everything you do wrong. I thought, okay. I'm thinking there's a few highlights. No, 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 no. You open the book, it's all highlighted in yellow. And I said, wow. And I said to her, you think I do a lot wrong, don't you? And she said, everything you do is wrong. I said, okay. And I said, when have you been on television? She said, never. I just wrote the book. I said, okay, now I'm so stupid or innocent or naive or whatever you want to call it. Not learned in that situation. And I walked away and I was going to read the book. I was really hurt. But I thought, okay, if I can learn from this. But I was really devastated. And the Lord said to me, see that trash can over there? Yes. He said, throw it in the trash can. That is not for you. No one should have the right to come up and ruin what you do and wound your spirit. If you need correction, I'll correct you. If you need direction, I'll direct you. But don't you ever let someone attack your spirit like that. That is not from God. That's from the devil. Throw it in the trash. Guess what? I threw it from the trash. I threw it in the trash. I forgave her, threw it in the trash, but I had an action. Mm -hmm. I threw that sucker in the trash. I actually would have been throwing it at her, but you know, you're I threw it away. Don't let some things wound your spirit. There are things you have to say, no. And that was one of them. And there are times to throw it out. There are times to correct the right way. There are times to ask questions so that they understand where they're coming from really and that they're being harsh and critical and they're not helping no matter what they may think. A lot of people have their little high horse mentality and they really think they're helping. You gotta, Bottom line is what's the rubble. Not, yeah, they're not helping. But, but you have to have the right attitude in helping them off that high horse too. And that's important. Yes. You know, don't throw, come down to their don't level. Don't throw the book at her, even though you may want to throw the book at her. I would don't do what they do. The don't act like they but, act. But that was, not the right, that was not the right way to you act. You can act, just don't right. act like they act. Good luck. 
Yeah, it, it's easier said than done, I know. And there are a lot of Christians out there that are highly critical. And, and maybe you even find yourself as one of them realizing, I may have criticized thinking I was actually doing the right thing, but it was a bit harsh. Well, good time to take a step back and examine your own heart and, and make sure that that's not in there too. Mary Poppins. Spoonful of sugar mm. makes the medicine go down. We can do things yeah. not with a spoonful of sugar, but certainly with love. It's hard to swallow sometimes, especially if you find it, oh man, I'm the critical one. Yeah. Wait, it's me. It, yeah. It's hard to swallow. We all do things and say things on occasion that probably don't come from the right place of your heart. And luckily, God is very forgiving, but it doesn't mean you can Even continue yourself. Acting that love. way. Even yeah. yourself. In love. Correct yourself. Correct in yourself. Love. Forgive yourself, but make sure that you're not continuing to do that. Yeah. I think that's really the key. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope this has been a blessing to you and helped you to let things go because I know it's easier said than done sometimes. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe so you don't miss anything, and we'll see you next time. As always, you can find additional teaching and resources from Richard and Lindsay Roberts and request prayer at oralroberts.com or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. We believe God wants you healed and whole in all areas of your life.